Welcome to Live and Learn, a production of the Honors Program at the University of Connecticut. I'm Danielle Shalou, and this week we're hearing from students. Hello, my name is Taylor Edgar. I am a junior biology major on the pre-med track, and I am in Dr. Heather Reed's lab researching auditory physiology and sound discrimination. So when you go into the lab and you say, hello, I'm here, what do you do? Um, For most of the day, we're running what we call behavior, which is the actual experiment. So the morning crew comes in and they set up all the technology, they boot the computers up, they get the rats ready. We have a set of rats that we bring up from the vivarium. And throughout the day, we are essentially bringing the rats in one by one and putting them in what we call behavior boxes, where the experiment itself is run. They're very controlled environments. Um, And so when you're working your shifts, you could be moving the rats in and out of behavior boxes, you could be recording data, you could be running the rats on what we call enrichment, which is where we put them in little wheels for them to run around in, which is their exercise. And um, near the end of the day, you could be weighing the rats and um, calculating how much food they should be getting because they are on a food restriction diet to ensure that they're motivated to actually complete the tasks that they do. Um, But essentially throughout the day, you could be doing whatever needs to be done. And when the rats go into the behavior box, what do they do? So when they're in the behavior box, they are in this polymer cage within a much larger box um, that's very, that's soundproofed. And they essentially um, are subject to little uh, bouts of sound. So they have sound, currently they're in phase zero, and they essentially listen for a sound coming from the left or a sound coming from the right. And depending on where that sound is coming from, they go and tap on a little port. And if they get the sound direction correct, then they're rewarded with, we give them strawberry flavored Ensure. And if they're wrong, then they get a little 50 second timeout where the lights come on and a little sound plays that they don't enjoy. And to initiate each trial, they have to poke on a center port. So phase zero is essentially them training to discriminate between the direction of the sound. And what is the goal of the research? What's the question that hopefully will be answered? So like I said, they're in phase zero right now. Um, The next phase is taking away the direction of the sound. So they have to discriminate the type of sound and whether they associate it with the left or the right. Essentially, what we're trying to do is train them to discriminate sound. And once we've achieved that, we are going to launch into something called optogenetics, which is a new field that essentially goes into the brain of the rat. And we essentially are able to inhibit certain parts of the auditory cortex. And from that, we're able to see you know, which part of the auditory cortex is controlling that sound discrimination, that ability to tell what a sound is, where it's coming from, what it means. Research into the auditory cortex, exactly what it does, what the parts do, is currently what we're trying to achieve. And how did you end up in Dr. Reed's lab? A lot of times people on campus, they the reason they land in labs is they've contacted professors. They've connected through like the teachers that they've had or they've emailed people that they've seen their research and they're like, hey, I'm interested. Um, And after a lot of emailing, a lot of communication, eventually they do land in a lab. I was actually connected through one of the current lab leads. Um, She is a brother in my academic fraternity and 
she knew that Dr. Reed's lab was going to be losing a lot of members because they were all graduating. And she knew that I was looking for a lab and she thought I would be a good fit. So she put me in uh, communication with Dr. Reed and that is essentially how I got the position. This would be another example for those out there listening of networking. Networking with other students because people always think networking is, you know, with adults, people older than them that have already achieved, you know, high above. But like networking can just be with your peers on campus. If you were to give yourself a piece of advice a year ago or two years ago, what would be the advice you would give to your younger self? Well, to my younger self, I would probably tell her it's okay to fail because I came from a very competitive high school. And because of that, I'm very grateful for being able to go there because it it allowed me to um, develop the skills I needed to be in the honors program and to do well in school. However, it did sort of put a weight on my shoulders that when I hit college, I expected to be a straight A student just like I was in high school. And for college, it's it's a good idea and it's a good thing to strive for, but it's not always achievable. And it's okay if you get a B, if you get a B minus in a class. If you get lower than that, you can always retake the class if it's really that big of a deal. And it was a very big stressor when I was a freshman, when even when I was still a sophomore, that I thought I was a complete failure because I wasn't doing as well as I did in high school. So being able to go back and say, hey, it's okay, you're still doing well, you can still do this, would be a good bit of advice. Is there a resource on campus that you would that you would recommend to your peers that they might not already know about? Specific to honors or specific to UConn? No, just to UConn in general. Hmm. I mean, I think everyone is aware of this resource, but I think a lot of people are um, very hesitant to use it, as I was in my beginning years. Knowing that your professors, they have office hours for a reason, and they want to see you at those office hours because they want to see that if you don't understand the material or if you're just a little unsure about something, they want to help you. They're there for that. They don't want to see you fail. But for me, it was very intimidating, like having to essentially tell myself, hey, you need to see a professor right now. You can't deal with this on your own. So definitely seeing your professors in their office hours, seeing them anytime you can. Excellent. Thank you so much. For a minute, I'd like to go back to the idea of failure Taylor talked about. For high-achieving students, failing an exam or a class or not getting the internship you applied for, even getting less than an A can be devastating. I know, because I'm one of those students who didn't get a B in anything until college, and when I saw it on my transcript, I went home and cried. If this hits a little close to home, On Friday, January 26th at 4 p.m. in Laurel Hall 306, the Honors Program is hosting a Stay Whelmed workshop on failing well. Members of the enrichment team will share their own stories of failing and will talk about finding the silver lining in failures. Attending this event counts towards sophomore honors. That's all for this week. For previous episodes and to enter to win an honors program long sleeve t-shirt, visit honors.uconn.edu slash podcast, where the code word is, you guessed it, failure.